0: Welcome to the UTSC Drama Society's summer reading series. On this episode, we're going to hear an excerpt from William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. Prior to this excerpt, Bottom and his troupe of actors have been preparing for a performance of the Greek myth Pyramus and Thisbe to perform for the king's court. Elsewhere, Puck the Fairy has been tasked by his master to help a group of Athenian lovers sort out their relationship drama with a little bit of love potion. Small problem, unbeknownst to Puck, rather than administering the love potion to Demetrius to fall in love with Helena, he has caused Lysander, who is currently running away with his love Hermia, to fall in love with Helena instead. This mix-up has resulted in both Demetrius and Lysander following Helena around the forest madly in love with her, which she is convinced is a joke. Oberon, the king of the fairies, has also tasked Puck with playing a joke on his wife Titania, as they have been arguing over the fate of a child they both have under their care. Puck, being a prankster, has some fun plans in store for them all. This is A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare.
1: Act 3, Scene 1. With Titania still asleep on stage, enter the clowns, bottom, quince, snout, starveling, snug, and flute.
2: Are we all met?
3: Pat-pat. And here's a marvel convenient place for our rehearsal. This green plot shall be our stage, this Hawthorne break our tiring house, and we will do it in action as we will do it before the duke.
2: Peter Quince?
3: What say's thou, bully Bottom?
2: There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. First, Pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself, which the ladies cannot abide. How answer you that?
4: By your lack in a parlous fear. I believe we must leave the killing
1: out, when all is done.
2: Not a whit! I have a device to make it all well. Write me a prologue, and let the prologue seem to say we will do no harm with our swords, and that Pyramus is not killed indeed. And, for the more better assurance, tell them that I, Pyramus, am not Pyramus, but Bottom the Weaver. This will put them out of fear.
3: Well, we will have such a prologue, and it shall be written in eight and six.
2: No, make it two more. Let it be written in eight and eight.
4: Will not the ladies be afraid of the lion? I fear it, I promise you.
2: Masters, you ought to consider with yourself to bring in, God shield us, a lion among ladies is the most dreadful thing. For there is not a more fearful wildfowl than your living lion, and we ought to look to it.
4: Therefore another prologue
5: must tell he is not a lion.
2: Nay, you must name his name, and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck. And he himself must speak through, saying thus, or to the same effect, ladies, or fair ladies, I would wish you, or uh, I would request you, or I would entreat you not to fear, not to tremble, my life for yours. If you think I come hither as a lion, it were pity of my life. No, I am no such thing. I am a man as other men are. And there indeed, let him name his name, and let them plainly, he has snugged the joiner.
3: Well, it should be so. But there are two hard things. That is, to bring the moonlight into the chamber, for you know Pyramus and Thisbe met by moonlight.
4: Doth the moon shine that night we play our play?
2: A calendar, a calendar! Look in the almanac. Find out moonshine, find out moonshine.
1: Quince takes out
3: a book. Yes, it doth shine that night.
2: Why, then, may you leave a casement of the great chamber window, where we play, open, and the moon may shine in at the casement?
3: Ay, or else one must come in with a bush of thorns in a lantern, and say he comes to disfigure or to present the person of Moonshine. Then there is another thing. We must have a wall in the great chamber, for Pyramus and Thisbe, says the story, did talk through a chink of a wall. You can never bring in a wall. What say you Bottom?
2: Some man or other must present wall, and let him have some plaster, or some loam, or some rough cast about him to signify wall or let him hold his fingers thus. And through that cranny shall Pyramus and Fisbee whisper.
3: If that may be, then all is well. Come, sit down, every mother's son, and rehearse your parts. Pyramus, you begin. When you have spoken your speech, enter into that break, and so everyone according to his cue.
1: Enter, Robin, invisible to those on stage.
4: What hempen hum sprung have we swaggering here so near the cradle of the Fairy Queen? What? A play to war? I'll be an auditor. An actor, too, perhaps, if I see cause. Speak, Pyramus. Thisby, stand forth.
2: Thisby, the flowers of odious saviours sweet.
3: Odours, odours.
2: Odours savours sweet. So hath thy breath, my dearest Thisbe dear. But hark, a voice. Stay thou, but hear a while. And by and by I will to be up to thee appear.
1: He
4: exits. A stranger Pyramus, than ever played here.
1: He exits.
4: Must I speak now? Ay,
3: Mary, must you. For you understand he goes to see that noise, But that he heard it is to come again. Most radiant Pyramus, most lily-white of hue, of color like the red rose on triumphant brier, most brisky juvenile, and ek most lovely Jew, as true as truest horse, that yet would never tire. I'll meet thee, Pyramus, at Nini's tomb. Ninus tomb man, why must you not speak that yet? That you answer to Pyramus, you speak all of your part at once, cues and all. Pyramus, enter. Your cue is past. It is never tire. Oh, as true as truest horse that yet would never tire.
1: Enter Robin and Bottom as Pyramus with the ass head.
2: If I were fair, this be I were only thine.
3: Oh, monstrous! Oh, strange! We are haunted. Pray, masters, fly, masters, help!
1: Quince, flute, snout. Snug and stavling. Exit.
4: I'll follow you. I'll lead you about around. Through bog, through bush, through break, through barrier. Sometime a horse I'll be sometime a hound, a hog, a headless bear, sometime a fire. And neigh and bark and grunt and roar and burn, like horse, hound, hog, bear, fire and at every turn. Like horse, hound, hog, bear, fire at every turn.
1: He exits.
2: Why do they run away? This is a knavery of them to make me afeard.
1: Enter Snout.
4: O oh, bottom, thou art changed. What do I see on thee?
2: What do you see? You see an asshead of your own, do you?
1: Snout exits. Enter Quince.
3: Bless thee, bottom, bless thee. Thou art translated. He exits.
2: I see the knavery. This is to make an ass of me, to fright me, if they could. But I will not stir from this place, do what they can. I will walk up and down here, and I will sing. They shall hear, I am not afraid. The ozal cock, so black of hue, with orange tawny bill. The throstle with his notes so true, the wren with little quill.
6: What, what angel wakes me from my flowery bed?
2: The finch, the sparrow, and the lark, The plain-song cuckoo gray, Whose note full many a man doth mark, And does not answer, nay! For, indeed, who would set his wit To so foolish a bird? Who would give the, a bird the lie, Though he cry cocko never so?
6: I pray thee, gentle mortal, sing again. Mine is much enamoured for thy note. So mine eye enthralled to thy shape, and thy fair virtue's force perforce doth move me, On the first view to say, to swear, I love thee.
2: Methinks, mistress, you should have little reason for that. And yet, to say the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays. The more the pity that some honest neighbours will not make them friends. Nay, I can gleek upon occasion.
6: Thou art as wise as thou art beautiful.
2: Not so neither, but if I had wit enough to get out of this wood, I have enough to serve mine own turn.
6: Out of this wood do not desire to go. Thou shalt remain here whether thou wilt or no. I am a spirit of no common rate. The summer still doth tend upon my state, and I do love thee. Therefore go with me, and I'll give thee fairies to attend on thee, and they shall fetch thee jewels from the deep, and they shall sing while thou on pressed flowers dost sleep, and I will purge thy mortal grossness so, that thou shalt like an airy spirit go. Peace blossom, cobweb, moat, and mustard seed.
1: Enter four fairies. Peace blossom, cobweb, moat, and mustard seed.
4: Ready. And And I.
6: And I. And I where shall we go be kind and courteous to this gentleman hop in his walks and gamble in his eyes feed him with apricots and dewberries and purple grapes green figs and mulberries the honey bags steal from the humble bees and for night tapers crop their waxen thighs and light them the fiery glowworms eyes to have my love to bend into rise and pluck the wings from the painted butterflies to fan the moonbeams from his sleeping eyes nod to him elves and do him courtesies
4: Hail, mortal, hail, hail, hail.
2: I cry your worship's mercy heartily. I beseech your worship's name. Cobweb. I shall desire you of more acquaintance, good Master Cobweb. If I cut my finger, I shall make bold with you. Your name, honest gentleman?
3: Peace Blossom.
2: I pray you, commend me to Mistress Squash, your mother, and to Master Peace God, your father. Good Master Peace Blossom. I shall desire you of more acquaintance too. Your name, I beseech you, sir.
3: Mustard Seed.
2: Good Master Mustard Seed, I know your patience well. That same cowardly, giant like ox beef hath devoured many a gentleman of your house. I promise you, your kindred hath made my eyes water ere now. I desire you of more acquaintance, good Master Mustard Seed.
6: Come, wait upon him, lead him to my bower. The moon, methinks, looks like a watery eye. And when she weeps, weeps every little flower, lamenting some enforced chastity. Tie up my lover's tongue, bring him silently.
1: They exit. Scene two. Enter Oberon, king of fairies.
6: I
7: wonder if Titania be awaked. Then what it was that next came in her eye, which she must doubt
4: on in extremity.
1: Enter Robin Goodfellow. My
4: mistress with a monster is in love. Near to her close and consecrated bower, while she was in her dull and sleeping hour, a crew of patches, rude mechanicals, that work for bread upon Athenian stalls, were met together to rehearse a play intended for great Theseus' nuptial day shallowest thick skin of the barren sort, who pyramus presented in their sport forsook his scene and entered in a break when i did him at this advantage take an ass's is fixed on his head and his thisbe must be answered and forth my mimic comes when they him spy as geese and that creeping fowler eye a russet-platted coughs many in sort rising and cawing at the gun's report serve themselves and madly sweep the sky so at his sight away his fellow fly and at our stamp here over and over one falls he murder cries and help the athens call their sense thus weak lost with their fears the strong made senseless things begin to do them wrong for briars and thorns at their apparel snatch, Some sleeves, some hats, some yielders all catch. I led them on this distracted fear, And left sweet Pyramus translated there. When in the moment so it come to pass, Titania walked, and straightway loved an ass.
7: This falls up better than I could devise. But hast thou yet latched the Athenian's eyes With the love juice as I did bid thee do?
4: I took him sleeping, that is finished too, and the Athenian woman by his side, that, when he waked, a force she must be eyed.
1: Enter Demetrius and Hermia.
4: Stand close, this is the same Athenian. This is the woman, but not this
1: man. They step aside.
8: Oh, I rebuke you, him that loves you so. Lay breath so bitter on your bitter foe.
5: Now I but chide, but I should do thee worst, for thou, I fear, hast given me cause to curse. If thou hast slain Lysander in his sleep, being o'er shoes in blood, plunge in the deep and kill me too. The sun was not so true unto the day as he to me. Would he have stolen away from sleeping Hermia? I'll believe it as soon as the earth may be bored and that the moon may through the center creep and so displease her brother's noontide with the antipodes. It cannot be but thou has murdered him. So should a murderer look so dead, so grim?
8: So should the murdered look, and so should I, pierced through the heart with your stern cruelty, yet you, the murderer, look as bright, as clear, as yonder Venus in her glimmering sphere.
5: What's this to my Lysander? Where is he? Good Demetrius, wilt thou give him to me?
8: I had rather give his carcass to my hounds.
5: O, dog! Out, cur! Thou stridst me past the bounds of maiden's patience. Hast thou slain him, then? Henceforth be never numbered among men. Oh, once tell true, tell true, even for my sake. Durst thou have looked upon him, being awake? And hast thou killed him sleeping? Oh, brave touch! Could not a worm, an adder, do so much? An adder did it for the doubler tongue. Then thine, thou serpent, never adder stung.
8: You spend your passion on a misfired mood. I am not guilty of Lysander's blood, nor is he dead, for aught that I can tell.
5: I pray thee, tell me then that he is well.
8: And if I could, what should I get there for?
5: A privilege never to see me more, and from thy hatred's presence part I so. See me no more, whether he be dead or
1: no.
8: She exits. There is no following her in this fierce vein. Here, therefore, for a while I will remain. So sorrow's heaviness doth heavier grow, For debt that bankrupt sleep doth sorrow owe, Which now in some slight measure it will pay, If for his tender here I make some stay.
1: He lies down and falls asleep.
7: What hast thou done? Thou hast mistaken quite And laid the love juice on some true love sight. Of thy misprision must perforce
4: ensue, some true love turned, and not a false turned true. Then fate overrules that, when man holding troth, a million fail confounding oath on oath. About the wood goes swifter than the
7: wind, and Helena of Athens look thou find, all fancy sticks she is, and pale of cheer with sighs of love that cost a fresh blood dear. By some illusion see thou bring her here. I'll charm his eyes against she do appear.
4: I go, I go, look how I go. Swifter than arrow from the Tartar's bow.
1: He exits.
7: Flower of this purple dye, hit with Cupid's archery, sink in apple of his eye. When his love he doth espy, let her shine as gloriously as the Venus of the sky. When thou wakest she be by, beg of her for remedy.
1: Enter Robin.
4: Captain of our fairy band, Helena is here at hand, and the youth mistook by me, pleading for a lover's fee. Shall we their fond see? Lord, what fools these
7: mortals be! Stand aside. The noise they make will cause Demetrius
4: to awake. Then will two at once woo one, then must need a sport alone, and those things do best please me, that befall preposterously.
1: They step aside. Enter Lysander and Helena.
9: Why should you think that I woo in scorn? Scorn and derision ever come in tears. Look, when I vow, I weep, and vows so born in their nativity, old oh, truth appears. How can these things in me seem scorn to you, bearing the badge of
0: faith to prove them true? You do advance your cunning more and more. When truth kills truth, O oh, devilish holy fray, these vows are Hermia's. Will you give her oar? Weighed oath with oath, and you will nothing weigh. Your vows to her and me, put in two scales, will even weigh, and both as light as tails.
9: I had no judgment went to her, I
8: swore.
0: Nor none in my mind. Now you give her o'er.
9: Demetrius loves her, and he loves not you.
8: O Helen, goddess nymph, perfect divine, To what my love shall I compare thine eyne? Crystal is muddy, oh, how ripe and show thy lips, those kissing cherries, tempting glow. That pure, congealed white, high Taurus's snow, fanned with the eastern wind, turns to a crow. When thou holdest up thy hand, oh, let me kiss this princess of pure white, this seal of bliss.
0: Oh, spite, oh, hell, I see you are all bent to set against me for your merriment. If you were civil in new courtesy, you would not do me thus much injury. Can you not hate me as I know you do, but you must join in souls to mock me too? If you were men, as men you are in show, you would not use a gentle lady so To vow and swear and superpraise my parts, when, I am sure, you hate me with your hearts. You are both rivals in love, Hermia, and now both rivals to mock Helena. A trim exploit, a manly enterprise, to conjure tears up in a poor maid's eyes with your derision. None of noble sort would so offend a virgin, and extort a poor soul's patience all to make you sport.
9: You are unkind, Demetrius. Be not so, for you love Hermia, this you know I know. And here, with all goodwill, with all my heart, in Hermia's love I yield you up my part, and yours of Helena to me bequeath, whom I do love and will do
0: till my death. Never did mockers waste more idle breath.
8: Lysander, keep thy Hermia, I will none. If e'er I love her, all that love is gone. My heart to her, but as guest-wise sojourned. And now to Helen is it home returned, there, there to remain. Helen, it is not so. Disparge not to the faith thou dost not know, lest to thy peril thou abide it dear. Look where thy love comes, yonder is thy dear.
1: Enter Hermia.
5: Dark night, that from the eye's function takes, the ear more quick of apprehension makes. Where it doth impair the seeing sense, it pays the hearing double recompense. Thou art not by my eye, Lysander found, Mine ear, I thank it, brought me to thy sound. But why, unkindly, dost thou leave me so?
9: Why should he stay whom love doth press to go?
5: What love could press Lysander from my side?
9: Lysander's love that would not let him abide. Fair Helena, who more engilds the night than all yon fiery o's and eyes of light, why seek'st thou me? Could not this make thee know the hate I bear thee made me leave thee so?
5: You speak not as you think, it cannot
0: be. Lo, she is one of this confederacy. Now I perceive they have conjoined all three to fashion this false sport in spite of me. Injurious Hermia, most ungrateful maid, have you conspired, have you with these contrived to bait me with this foul derision? Is all the counsel that we two have shared, the sisters' vows, the hours that we have spent when we have chided the hasty-footed time for parting us? Oh, is all forgot? All the school days, friendship, childhood innocence. We, Hermia, like two artificial gods, have with our needles created both one flower, both one on sampler, sitting on one cushion, both warbling of one song, both in one key, as if our hands, our sides, voices, and minds had been incorporate. So we grew together like to a double cherry seeming parted, but yet an union in partition, two lovely berries moulded on one stem. So with two seeming bodies but one heart, Two of the first like coats in heraldry, Due but to one and crowned with one crest, And will you rend our ancient love asunder To join with men in scorning your poor friend? It is not friendly, tis not maidenly, Our sex as well as I may chide you for it, Though I alone do feel the injury.
5: I am amazed at your words. I scorn you not, it seems that you scorn me.
0: Have you not set Lysander as in scorn to follow me and praise my eyes and face, and made your other love Demetrius, who even but now did spurn me with his foot to call me goddess, nymph, divine, and rare, precious, celestial? Wherefore speaks he this to her he hates? And wherefore doth Lysander deny your love, And so rich within his soul, And tender me forsooth affection, But by your setting on, by your consent, What thou I be not so in grace as you, So hung upon with love, so fortunate, But miserable most to love unloved, This you should pity rather than despise.
5: I understand not what you mean by this.
0: I do persevere, counterfeit sad looks, Make mouths upon me when I turn my back, Wink at each other, and hold the sweet jest up. This sport, well carried, shall be chronicled. If you have any pity, grace, or manners, You would not make me such an argument. Fare you well. Tis partly my own fault, Which death or abstinence shall soon remedy.
9: Stay gentle, Helena. Hear my excuse, my love, my life, my soul. fair Helena.
5: Oh, excellent. Sweet, do not scorn her so.
8: If she cannot entreat, I can compel.
9: Thou canst compel no more than she entreat. Thy threats have no strength in her weak prayers, Helen. I love thee by my life. I do. I swear by that which I will lose for thee to prove him false that says I love thee not.
8: I say I love thee more than he can do.
9: If thou say so, withdraw and prove it too.
8: Quick, come,
5: Lysander. Where to tense all this?
1: She takes hold of
8: Lysander. Away, you Ethiop. No, no, he'll seem to break loose. Take on as you would follow, but yet come not. You are a tame man. Go.
9: Hang off, thou cat, thou burr, vile thing, let loose, or I will shake thee from me like a serpent.
5: Why are you grown so rude? What changes this sweet love?
9: Thy love? Out, tawny tartar, out! Out, loathed medicine, oh, hated potion, hence!
0: Do not jest. Yes, sooth, and so do you.
8: Demetrius, I will keep my word with thee. I would I had your bond, for I perceive a weak bond holds you. I'll trust not your word.
9: What? Should I hurt her? Strike her? Kill her dead? Though I hate her, I'll not harm her so.
5: What? Can you do me greater harm than hate? Hate me? Wherefore, O me, what news my love? Am I not Hermia? Are you not Lysander? I am as fair now as I was erewhile since night you loved me, yet since night you left me. Why then, you left me, Oh, the gods forbid, in earnest, shall I say?
9: I, by my life, and never did desire to see thee more. Therefore be out of hope, of question, of doubt, be certain, nothing sure. Tis no jest that I do hate thee and love Helena.
1: Hermia turns him loose.
5: Oh me, you juggler, you canker blossom, you thief of love. What have you come by night and stolen my love's heart from him?
0: Fie me, faith. Have you no modesty, no maiden shame, no touch of bashfulness? What? Will you tear impatient answers from my gentle tongue? Fie, fie, you counterfeit, you Puppet, you! Puppet?
5: Why so? (laughs) Ay, that way goes the game. Now I perceive that she hath made compare Between our statures. She hath urged her height, And with her personage, her tall personage, Her height, forsooth, she hath prevailed with him. And are you so grown so high in his esteem Because I am so dwarfish and so low? How low am I, thou painted maypole? Speak, how low am I? I am not yet so low,
0: but that my nails can reach into thine eyes. I pray you, though you mock me, gentlemen, let her not hurt me. I was never cursed, I have no gift at all in shrewishness. I am a right maid for my cowardice. Let her not strike me. You perhaps may think because she is something lower than myself that I can match her. Lower! Hark again! Good Hermia, do not be so bitter with me. I evermore did love you, Hermia, did ever keep your counsels, never wronged you, save that in love unto Demetrius, I told him of yourself unto this wood. He followed you for love, I followed him, but he hath chid me hence and threatened me to strike me, spurn me, nay, to kill me too. And now, so you will let me quiet go to Athens, will I bear my folly back and follow you no further. Let me go, you see how simple and how fond I am. Why get you gone? Who is it that hinders you? The foolish heart that I leave
5: here behind. What, with Lysander?
0: With Demetrius.
9: Be not afraid. She shall not harm thee, Helena.
8: No, sir, she shall not, though you take her part.
0: When she is angry, she is keen and shrewd. She was a vixen when she went to school, and though she be but little, she is fierce. Little again?
5: Nothing but low and little. Why will you suffer her to flout me thus? Let me come to her.
9: Get you gone, you dwarf, you minimus of hindering, knot grass maid you bead, you acorn.
8: You are too officious. In her behalf that scorns your service, let her alone speak not of Helena. Take not her part, for it thou dost intend. Never so little show of her love, thou shalt abide it. Now she holds me not.
9: Now follow, if thou darest to try whose right of thine or mine is most in Helena.
8: Follow, nay, I'll go with thee, cheek by jowl. Demetrius and
1: Lysander, exit.
5: You, mistress, all this coil is long of you.
1: Helena retreats.
5: Nay, go
0: not back. I will not trust you. I nor longer stay in your cursed company. Your hands than mine are quicker for a fray. My legs are longer, though, to run away.
1: She exits.
5: I am amazed and know not
7: what to say.
1: She exits. This is thy
7: negligence. Still thou mistakest, or else commits thy knaveries willfully.
4: Believe me, king of shadows, I mistook. Did not you tell me I should know the man by the Athenian garments he had on? and so far blameless proves my enterprise, that I have anointed an Athenian's eyes, and so far am I glad it so I did, and this their jangling I esteem a sport. Thou seest these lovers seek a place to fight.
7: Hi, therefore, Robin, overcast the night. The starry well can cover thou anon with drooping fog as black as Acheron, and lead these testy rivals so astray as one come not within another's way. Like to Lysander sometime frame thy tongue, then stir Demetrius up with bitter wrong, and sometime rail thou like Demetrius. And from each other look thou, lead them thus, till o'er their brows death counterfeiting sleep with leaden legs and batty wings doth creep. Then crush this herb into Lysander's eye.
1: He gives a flower to Robin.
7: Whose liquor hath this virtuous property to take from thence all error with his might, and make his eyeballs roll with wanted sight. When they next wake, all this derision shall seem a dream and fruitless vision. And back to Athens shall the lovers wend, with league whose date till death shall never end, whilst I in this affair do thee employ, I'll to my queen and by her Indian boy. And then I will her charmed eye release from monster's view, and
4: all things shall be peace. My fairy lord, this must be done with haste, for night-swift dragons cut the clouds full fast, and yonder shines aurora's harbinger all whose approach, ghosts wandering here and there. Troop home to churchyards, damned spirits all, that in crossways and floods have burial, already in their wormy beds are gone. For fear lest day should look their shames upon, they willfully themselves exile from light and must, for I consort with black borrowed night.
7: But we are spirits of another sort. I, with the morning's love, have oft made sport, and, like a forester, the groves may tread, even till the eastern gate, all fiery red, opening on Neptune with fair blessed beams, turns into yellow gold his salt green streams. But notwithstanding, haste, make no delay, we may effect this business yet ere day.
1: He exits.
4: Up and down, up and down, I will lead them up and down, I'm feared in field and town, goblin lead them up and down, here comes one.
1: Enter Lysander.
9: Where art thou proud, Demetrius? Speak thou now.
4: Here, villain, drawn and ready, where art thou?
9: I will be with thee straight.
4: Follow me, then,
1: to plainer ground. Lysander exits. Enter Demetrius.
8: Lysander, speak again. Thou run away, thou coward. Art thou fled? Speak in some bush. Where dost thou hide thy head?
4: Thou coward, art thou bragging to the stars, telling the bushes that thou lookest for war? And wilt not come? Come, come, Recreant! Come, thou child, whip thee with a rod. He is defiled that draws a sword on thee
8: yea art thou there
4: follow
1: my voice will try no manhood here they exit enter lysander
9: he goes before me and still dares on when i come where he calls then he is gone the villain is much lighter healed than I. i i followed fast but faster he did fly but i am fallen am i in dark uneven way and here will rest me come thou gentle day for if but once thou show me in thy gray light, I'll find Demetrius and revenge this spite.
1: He lies down and sleeps. Enter Robin and Demetrius. Ho, ho, ho,
4: coward, why comest thou not?
8: Abide me if thou darest, for well I wot. Thou runnest before me, shifting every place, and darest not stand nor look me in the face. Where art thou now?
4: come hither i am here
8: nay then thou mockest me thou shalt buy this deer if ever i thy face by daylight see now go thy way faintness constraineth me to measure out my length on this cold bed by day approach look to be visited
1: he lies down and sleeps enter helena
0: O oh, weary night, O oh, long and tedious night, Abate thy hours. Shine comforts from the east That I may back to Athens by daylight, From these that my poor company detest, And sleep that sometimes shuts up sorrow's eye. Steal me awhile from mine own company.
1: She lies down and sleeps.
0: Get but
4: three, come one more, Two of both kinds makes up four. Here she comes, cursed and sad, Cupid is a knavish lad, thus to
1: make poor females mad. Enter Homia.
4: Never
5: so weary, never so in woe, bedabbled with dew and torn with briars, I can no longer further crawl, no further go. My legs can keep no pace with my desires. Here I will rest me till the break of day. Heaven shield Lysander if they mean a fray.
1: She lies down and sleeps.
4: On the ground, sleep sound, I'll apply to your eye, gentle love a remedy. When thou wakest, thou takest true delight in the sight of thy former lady's eye. And the country proverb knows that every man should take his own in their waking shall be shown. Jack shall have Jill, naught shall go ill. The man shall have his mare again, and all shall be well.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the UTSC Drama Society Summer Reading Series. Thank you again to all of our fantastic readers, and don't forget to check out our Instagram to vote on which show you'd like to see us produce for the beginning of the season. Catch you next time!